Are you tired of playing the same old games over and over again? Are you looking to spice up your game night with creative new ideas? Look no further because we're here to add some excitement back into your game night. We'll even show you how to take your love of games outside the confines of the living room. We're your hosts, Lauren and Greg, and Friday is game night. Happy Friday, everyone! In this episode, Greg is joined by his friends Matt and David, who are filling in for Lord as we discuss games to play with friends and family during large holiday gatherings. For the shelfie, Matt brings us a blast from the past with Fireball Island. For the escape room report, Lauren and Greg raid an Egyptian tomb in search of the ruby known as the Red Giant. And we wrap things up as usual with our Friday favorites. Hey everybody, it's Greg and welcome back to Friday's Game Night. Uh, Lauren is going to be out for most of this episode, um, but in her stead, we have the Sanchez brothers from Mortal Kombat here to fill the void that Lauren's leaving behind. Welcome Matt and David from the Mortal Kombat podcast. And David, of Thanks course, from us. the Flops podcast. Thanks, yes. buddy. Very excited to be here. Mm-hmm. I've never been on this show before. I'm very, very excited. I've only been on this show in post-production. That's true. Matt has been... Um, on our show uh, when you did a couple of escape room reports with us, like uh, very recently the jailbreak one and the playground one that we did. David, you were there in spirit, if you recall, uh, through your cardboard cutout of your head that I brought. (laughs) Ah, my name's David, and I just love escape rooms. (laughs) And I love the Gremlins, best movie ever. So guys, yeah, uh, just for our listening audience, in case they don't already listen, uh, tell us about yourselves and your podcasts. Alrighty. Uh, well, my name's David. I uh, I co-host a podcast called Flops with my buddy Derek. Uh, Greg actually has uh, guest co-hosted for Derek mm-hmm. in his stead when Derek was off traveling and working and whatnot. Uh, but Flops is a comedy podcast where we just make fun of silly laws that kind of make you turn your head and say, what? And we just have a good time. We make, you know, we just make jokes about silly laws and come up with weird origin stories and also, if we ever have any like life experiences that tie in with those laws some way, we try to we try to do that as well. It's a, it's a lot of fun. You can find us on all major podcatchers, uh, Flopscast, on all major on all social medias, F L A W P S C A S T, and we have a website, flopscast.com. So check us out. Thank you very much. And yeah, I've actually also written into your show once or twice before too. For you know, sometimes I find a little law here. Yeah, you've actually well, Greg, you've you've written in as Greg has written in once, and once. And, yeah, and I, I think well, the I, moment that I got to read your yeah. real words. It was wonderful to to actually be part of that show on uh, you know, on the rare occasion. So uh, Matt, tell us about Moral Combat. Well, uh, thanks for having having me again, Greg. You. Mm-hmm. If, if there's anybody that's listening that's heard me before, you guys know that um, I'm one of the co-hosts of Mortal Kombat uh, alongside David, Greg, Lauren, and Johnny. Uh, it is a pop culture tournament podcast where we debate pop uh, pop culture topics and create tournaments of 18 combatants, and we uh, match them up. Well, Greg matches them up in the most yep. absurd way possible and makes a lot of people upset doing it, and then we um, basically make fun of each other's picks every single week, and, and then we turn it over to the audience every single week and have them vote for who they think should actually win the matchup. And, uh, yeah, it's a ton of fun. Um, it is I, – I just actually got done interviewing for a uh, a kind of a behind-the-scenes podcast today where we talked shop about, you know, how podcasting works and production. Um, oh, nice. Did and made me realize – um, <laughs> no, um, only minimally. But how to um, deal with difficult co-hosts? <laughs> no, but it, it made me realize how much uh, how much work and effort we actually put into that podcast. 
And he's like, yeah, I'm just putting a bunch of these in the can for the next few months. And I was like, you're you're recording for like a few months worth of content in like a week. That's amazing. I wish we could do that. Like, no, mm-hmm. we're live and we do all this crazy stuff. Our format so, doesn't quite allow that. No. Yeah, but we we do live stream it over on my Twitch channel, so twitch.tv slash naturalhattrick, N-T-R-L-H-A-T-T-R-I-C-K. I feel like if it didn't say it, spell it the right way, it'd be out of character for me. You said it in the exact uh, same awesome. cadence that you say it during the stream, too. That was really nice. <laughs> well, exactly, I also right? saw you push a button. I think he just has a macro set up, so it just says it for him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you can also check us out at the at our website, uh, Mortal Kombat Pod, or at Mortal Kombat Pod on any social media po- platform. Excellent. And actually, I should point out, Matt, uh, our friendship, and uh, coincidentally, or consequently, then David's friendship with me as well, mm-hmm. is through this podcast, Friday's Game Night. You were one yeah. of our uh, first avid listeners, and you contacted Lord and I. You said you wanted to come meet us up for an escape room down here, and that's what kind of kicked the whole thing off. So thank you for being a listener. Thanks for being a friend. And if you're a listener who wants to make a new friend, you can contact us at Friday's Game Night at <laughs> Facebook and Twitter. Good segue. <laughs> Man, you know, Greg, I'm actually glad your parents didn't teach you not to talk to strangers on the internet because it wouldn't have led to this beautiful friendship. And also let them right. meet you. Like, that's that's red flag number one. My brother's a big old creepo for doing just, hey, hey, I'm a big, can I meet you? Hi. And nah, that's not how that went. <laughs> it wasn't a scary parking garage. I will admit that, though. Yeah, that is true. But you guys picked that scary parking garage. I wanted to have familiar territory. I mean, anyways. <laughs> so, um, guys, what do you guys bring into game night? I, I'll go first since, you know, I'm the host and I should provide the example. Um, this coming game night, listen, it is the November, the holiday season is starting. It's kind of my favorite time of year. I love to bake. So I have um, in my possession a D&D cookbook that Ooh. has, it, I, I think it's called Homebrew, if I remember correctly. Very nice. And it's got all sorts of recipes from breakfast, uh, you know, like lunches you can take on the road with you full like four course meals and desserts. And so I'm actually planning to make a couple of tasty, tasty D&D desserts and bring those to game night. I made this one recently called uh, Feast's End, which is kind of a strawberry parfait with graham crackers crunched into it. Uh, It was really, really good. So I hear you, Greg, but what about second breakfast? That's actually in there too. There There is a halfling section. It is, no, seriously, the book is divided into race like meal preferences so if you're a halfling cool. here's your second breakfast wow didn't re- didn't realize we were going to touch on segregation in this show but here we are um <laughs> for, yeah. for me uh what am i bringing to game night guys well uh, i'm glad you brought up D, greg because um as you mentioned a little earlier we've got the the mortal combat show that we put on but uh this for this month, uh, it's the holidays, and we're coming up on the on the holiday season. And, and part of the holiday season is giving. And uh, we at the Moral Combat uh, Podcast are always in the mood to uh, try and put something on to help give back to the community. And this year is no different. We are doing our annual Moral Combat charity stream over on my channel. I'm not going to spell mm-hmm. it again because it's obnoxious. Uh, but we will be playing... <laughs> We'll be playing 5th edition D&D, uh, one shot where I'm going to be DMing, and people can come hang out with us on December uh, 17th at 4 p.m. Pacific time over at my channel again, and uh, w- your donations will have a direct uh, direct effect on the game. People can spawn creatures, can cast spells for or against the players, um, maybe they can drop a token down a Plinko board and it 
you know, fires off some wild magic and Greg's character shrinks three inches. Like, who knows? Like, it's going to be a whole bunch of fun. Uh, it's going to be some uh, some puzzles, some uh, some some battles, and I'm really looking forward to it. And we're trying to raise a thousand dollars this year. So come hang out with us and uh, let's give back. Wonderful, David. What are you going to be bringing to game night? Uh, well, I'm going to be bringing. I I just I feel like game night's not good without a kind of just like a shareable, dippable meal, mm-hmm. right? So. Um, one thing that, that Matt can attest to this, that our stepmother always made at any family gathering was her, uh, cheese chili dip or cheese and fondue. Don't do this, please. No, it's, it's, it is a fondue. You're right. She makes it in a fondue pot. That's true. But, uh, no, it's, so it's, um, the way that I make it, it's a stag Laredo chili and Mm -hmm. I throw in, uh, queso blanco and cheddar cheese, sour cream and some chipotle sauce and uh chop up some green onions and it's freaking delicious and i feel like that would be a a welcome welcome dish at a game night what would you normally choose to dip in that oh um i mean in the theme of the charity stream let's just say pocky's one chip challenge chips no i would just use (laughs) scoops if i'm being honest you monster (laughs) (laughs) you're the reason why we're eating those greg Listen, just because I, I can write a big check that I don't intend to cash in the next year doesn't mean that you <laughs> have to abide by cashed. it. Well, guess what? <laughs> Guaranteeing it. I thought I would be done. I thought you would have kicked me off by this point. <laughs> so, <laughs> Still, that's wonderful. Yeah, we always do like uh, new recipes for game night. And it's always fun to bring like a shareable thing like that. Yeah, so definitely both really great contributions to game night, guys. Thank you so much. But let's move into our main topic for this month, which, as I already said, it's the holidays. A lot of times, especially for Thanksgiving and Christmas, people come to rejoin the family or get together with extra large group of friends to kind of share in the big uh, holiday meals. So I kind of wanted to talk about games that you can play with your friends and families over the holidays that might be fun for big groups, even if some people just want to watch and you know, see how the play goes and don't like to play themselves. That's still somewhat entertaining. So, I mean, one thing that's, I think, an obvious pick that many people do like, and it's a silly game that can go short or it can drag on forever. You could just decide when you want to be done is Holiday Flux. Now, for those of you who don't know what Flux is, it's a simple game where you draw one card, you play one card, and eventually you want to have two of the winning combination in front of you, such as uh, the Mantle, and stockings because you're hanging your stockings by the chimney with care or in this case it could be the tree and candles because you're doing you're lighting up the christmas tree but the thing about flux is that the game is always changing your people also playing cards for new rules like you draw five cards and you play three or they're changing the end game result like no you don't care about a christmas tree anymore now you want the trado and the latkes so it keeps changing just when you think you're ahead, you're suddenly back at the bottom again or have no progress really made. Really fun game. And also, I like the idea that people can share what their favorite holiday traditions or decorations or parts are. It's a good conversation starter for just the holidays in general. Uh, I'd like some latkes, please. They are delicious. And they they are. The latkes. Mm-hmm. Are we not, How about you, David? What do you... No, no latkes? Okay. <laughs> I, no, sorry. <laughs> so for me, one of one of my favorite games, and I haven't played this with my family before, but I feel like my family would have a lot of fun with this game. I have played this. Well, I played it with Matt, 
who is my family, um, but not amongst all family. Uh, but Jackbox TV games, like they have the different mm-hmm. packages, Jackbox 1, 2, 3, 4. I think they have up to 8 now. But my favorite game inside of the Jackbox, I think it's on Jackbox 2, um, is Quiplash. Which, like, yeah, you, oh, just try to, like you just try to so be quippy good. and funny and write the most hilarious response. And then everyone will vote on those responses. So it's, you know, it's... And there, you can have audience members who can vote as well to get you extra points. If someone, like you were saying earlier, Greg, if someone doesn't want to directly play, they can still log into the game as an audience member and get you extra bonus points and whatnot too. And it's just a lot of fun. I get I get crazy competitive when I get into mm-hmm. it. Like I'm a silent competitor, so like, okay, I'm not. Um, Are you? <laughs> Matt gave me a look. <laughs> listeners at home, Matt gave me a, his, his head turned. And just like, no, that's a lie. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I, I just, I, I really get into it. It's a lot of fun. And I, I, like, to, I like to think that I'm a funny boy from time to time. So it, make, it, it helps me exercise my funny muscles. And I really like it. I love it. Matt, how about you? What's a game that you would uh, bring to share with the family for holidays? Well, you know, it's the holiday season, just like we talked about earlier. So I've got, I got a couple here. So let's start with the nice mm-hmm. list one. This is the one that we'll okay. play when we're, when we're all trying to get along. Because um, it's the one that I that I usually play with my in laws because I want them to continue to at least respect me and be invited back for <laughs> holidays. Um, and they they actually love this game. Uh, they actually introduced me to it, and it's a game called mm. Blank Slate. And it is. I don't think I've heard um, of this one. It's a very fun game. It's very simplistic. Uh, essentially, what it is is you get a phrase or a half of a phrase, and you're trying to match other people around the table. So it could say something like literally a blank and then the second word will be slate and then you write down what you think would be best filled within that first blank area and then everybody else goes around and writes down what they do and then you reveal all your answers at the same time and you're trying to match one person if you match one person you get three points if you match more than one person everybody uh, that matched gets one point so interesting um yeah, it's got really cool, like it's it, and it's really cool to see how people's uh, minds work. Like you have to know the audience you're playing with, which is one of the reasons why it's fun to play with family. Um, you know, because I go over to my in laws' house and it's blank land. I know I'm writing down Disneyland, and I'm just going to take my one point and leave. Like no one's it's not going to be one person that matches me at that point. It's going to be everybody. Um, or there's some that like start with a word and then it's a blank at the end. Um, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but it, it's so it is a lot of fun uh, to be able to play that one with uh, with family because for the most part it's you know it's it's very lighthearted, um, but it ends up getting silly to be silly at some points and like you start putting your eggs in other people's baskets and you're like hey like I really need you to match me right now because you're the only person I think you could possibly match with, and they're like don't worry I got you and you're like perfect, and they're like. It's blank man, and I'm looking at I'm looking at my buddy who's a sneakerhead, and I'm like, you 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 are putting down jump man. That's all you're putting down. He's like, oh no, I totally got it. And he puts down hang man. You're like, dude, like why why are you? Oh god, why are you leaving me hanging like that? that is See, I would have put literally the word blank for blank man. Blank man. That's not a, that's not a bad one either. And mm-hmm. see, and I probably would have done that if we were play, if I was playing with you because yeah. I know Greg likes crappy movies, and I love a crappy movie like uh, like Blank Man. Hmm. <laughs> 
I love it. So this next one, um, I'm actually going to do a little screen share with you guys because I don't know if you've seen this or not. But Oh, visual um, mediums are great for podcasts. Well, just so you guys can appreciate it, yeah. <laughs> so my next one is called Awkward Family Photos. Now, specifically the one I have is this one that comes in yellow box. That's the movie line caption game. Where what this is, is it's real pictures, real family pictures that are just awkward or embarrassing as can be. And what you do is you have that in front of you for the whole table to look at. It's it's one of those judging games where one player is the judge and everyone else is playing. And then you rotate that around. And everyone else takes a card from their hand that is a quote from a movie. And they get to play that onto this awkward family photo. So the one we're looking at here is a man in a ripped off jean jacket, casually laying on a forest floor with a raccoon next to him. And the card that was played is a quote from 1994's Maverick that reads, from the moment I slapped eyes on the ombre, I smelled trouble and refried beans. <laughs> this guy does look like trouble and refried beans. He does. It's, 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 it's the jean jacket vest. Like, why'd you rip those sleeves off, bud? Well, see, that's oh, the so, thing. So, so, so the raccoon was giving the quote. Okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> so the, one, one of the reasons I think this is so great is because I think everyone has at least one of those awkward family photos in their own collection, whether it's this bad or not. You at least know which one it is. Mine is we were taking a family photo. Everyone's dressed nice, and I'm wearing this super loud 90s pink and blue weird cat cartoon shirt. My dog is licking me in the ear. <laughs> That that was my. I'll share it with you guys one day. It's amazing if I can ever I find it. I thought you were saying again. that everyone has uh, a jean jacket vest with or a jean jacket with the sleeves torn off turned into a vest. And I was like, you haven't been in my closet. You can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't say that the uh, the awkward family photo you are referencing with us is definitely the back to back '90s uh, portrait of me and my brother when we were younger where David refused to take the photo unless he could roll his sleeve up and show off his temporary tattoo. That is still But see, that's exactly what I'm talking about. The, this game spurns those conversations of like, oh, let me tell you about this bad photo that we took. <laughs> or even just sharing the movie quotes and be, oh, I remember this movie. This is such a fantastic film. Or if someone says, I don't know that one, then you can immediately go into, how have you never seen Top Gun? How have you never seen ghostbusters you don't know the ghostbusters quote okay we need to stop and watch this movie right now so my next one of course is going to be the awkward family photos movie line edition david very nice well my next one is one that that matt and i have played with our family (laughs) and Mm um matt and i is so it was matt and i versus our, our two cousins um and we were playing catchphrase and when we when one of us wouldn't understand what we were trying to describe, a lot of four-letter words came out of our mouths. <laughs> and it was at our father's house. And the rest of the like our our whole family speaks very bluntly at times. Fluently. Fluently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fluent blunt, got it. Uh, and so we were just like how are you not getting this? You idiot. And just, just bleeps. If this was on TV, it would just be a bunch of bleeps, like five minutes long of bleeps and then saying idiot. Right. And to the point where after the family function was over, our dad had a a talk with us about how we brought shame on our family. And uh, (laughs) direct quote, direct quote. Yeah. Like you brought shame on the family. it, It honestly felt like, like old school Japanese culture where it's like, you brought shame on this family. It's like, 
uh no but okay but it's it was the game was so much fun and i'm pretty sure that we beat our cousins um in the end but maybe not i don't know i like to say that we, we all did. lost we all maybe but i think y'all lost finish. that day <laughs> we didn't finish <laughs> but it was so much fun just playing that and like and watching our cousins get equally hyped up and then like and then we got in trouble for them getting hyped up because it was our fault because we're the older cousins and so we need to keep them in check even though we're all adults now um but yeah catchphrase is so much fun to play especially if you're playing with people who you can also just like abuse belittle and just abba them all day long and <laughs> it was a lot of fun so i'm going with catchphrase for my number two it also stands to be shared that of course prior to uh the game commencing there was an entire meal and a happy hour beforehand so yeah uh, there were some drinks, oh, okay there that, some that does explain taken. a little bit of that story then okay <laughs> yes but also the drinks were not necessary for the foul language it definitely helped but you know <laughs> for me uh we we've, we've been on the nice list list at this point uh mm-hmm. however there's of course the flip side of that which is the naughty list and this is a game that i love playing um Pretty much whenever I get the chance, uh, and and for one reason and one reason only, it is the most um, manipulative game <laughs> that I have ever mm. played in my entire life, and it's of course called the Resistance. Uh, oh gosh! With the Resistance, yeah, it is a you are a spy. Uh, you have the chance to be a double agent, and you are trying to stay hidden and cast doubt upon yourself and make other people look like they're the bad guy. And it 100% of the time will lead to people yelling and screaming at each other. And it is my favorite game to play, uh, especially with when, I, when I'm playing with friends who are like just starting to understand how the game is played. And you just like do that one little thing that turns all of the doubt back to you. And they are now firmly in the, uh, in the crosshairs. And they're like, no, it's clearly Matt. He's he's setting us up. He's he's been slow playing this for three rounds, and, and they just continue to dig themselves deeper as the louder they yell at you. Um, I love that game. It's probably my favorite game like of all time, to be completely honest. Like, mm-hmm. I love I've it played so that much. game Social so many connection. times with Matt too, and it's so fun because like me and Matt can like get on like the mental wavelength that like the telep- telepathy of brothers, and we'll just be like, okay, yeah. We, I know one of I know one of us is the is the spy, but we're not going to say who. But we know who it is, and oh God, it's just so much fun. I, fun. I I really really like playing with Matt. I I would hope that that game has found new life since Among Us has become popular. Oh yeah, it's very much like the card game version of Among Us. Exactly, mm-hmm. and of course, there's a ton of variations of it too, like Secret Hitler and stuff like that's out there. Same same there idea. There is this it. Secret Hitler, or even even closest uh, variations, but a little bit different, like Avalon which is a King Arthur themed version, but like it then kind of introduces the werewolf like aspect that some characters have special abilities. So that's kind of like the perfect mix between the two. I remember one year specifically though, I was playing with a bunch of uh, kids and I didn't want to do like the whole, like, Oh, you're a traitor, like a saboteur. So I just did it. I made a quick copy home. I said, Oh, we're going to play. Who's the Grinch. And so if the five tasks you had to do was hanging the stockings, decorating the tree, baking Christmas cookies, and there was two Grinches in the group that were trying to make those things not happen. Right. So like you could even put like a lighthearted spin onto it too. But it's it was a fun time. But yeah, still, excellent pick. I do love that game. 
I don't know how we could do that remotely because unfortunately you two are in Northern California and I'm in Southern. Mm-hmm. But if we could ever play that remotely, if we could I'm find sure a way. Like a digital server game. I'm sure there, Tabletop Simulator be. has it. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, we, we need to play that because I would love to try to figure out your tells. We usually just tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the, it's the boldest move of the tri- in the book. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy. I'm, I'm the spy. You, you, you don't want to send me on this mission. But why would he tell but us? Why that? would he tell me? Why that? would he tell us that? Is he, then they get in their own head. Is it, I know because he knows that I know that he knows. <laughs> exactly. See now like we're not even playing the game, Princess and I'm already Pride. doubting if you're the spy or not. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> All right, so that's going to wrap us up for our main section. Uh, now let's move on to our shelvy section. So this time for the shelfie, um, I'm actually going to let our guests uh, present a game that they like and want to share with the group and kind of tell us about all the little things that make it good and why they love it so much. So, uh, gentlemen, what do you got? Well, sadly, I actually, I even though I am very excited to be on this podcast, I don't play mm-hmm. these kinds of games very often. So I don't know them well enough to have a shelfie. So I'm going to concede my time to Matt and let him talk about because oh, I know that he really digs this kind of stuff. And uh, I enjoy playing it with him, but he is definitely more of the diehard uh, game nerd when it comes to this kind of stuff. So I'll, yeah, I'll give my time to him. And you know what? That's actually, I'm glad you mentioned that, David, because yeah, you know, game night, it's not just for the hardcore people. It's for the people who are just casual that just want to join every once in a while too. That's me. So, you know, we're always happy to have you for game night. And, you know, we're happy to share games with you. And if you like one, you can let us know. And if you don't, then you can say, oh, maybe we play something else next time. But still, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Matt, what have you got for the shelving? All right. Well, honorable mention real quick, because it's it's it needs to be mentioned right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Dune board game, uh, oh, which yes. is a lot like Risk. So great. So great. And it's so topical right now because Dune just came out. Um, it, it's such an amazing game, but a very close second place to my current uh, shelfie which is um, a game called Fireball Island, very popular in the late mm-hmm. 80s and early 90s. Uh, and it came back probably about, I'd say about six, seven years ago, maybe mm-hmm. even a little bit further back than that. A uh, big Kickstarter, really big, you know, hard plastic molded island with the little fireballs that were on there. And it was just, uh, it, they, man, they did such a great job. Uh, but the game mechanics from the very beginning have always been very uh, clunky in my opinion um it was always very kind of crunchy and trying to figure out how many you know what you get to do on each individual turn and how you're going to rotate the you know the the skull at the top so that way the the ball falls down a specific way and it's just there was so many little rules that were involved with it it was very inaccessible to casual um tabletop gamers uh but the latest iteration that has come out which is at target uh and a few other places it's like 30 bucks now because the old one was like 80 bucks uh, that they redid on Kickstarter and had these like ridiculous sets of rules. The new one's 30 bucks. It's still like plastic molded, but it's thinner. Um, They've cut down on some of the things. You don't get as many of the jewels. It's all cardboard cutouts, but um, so you don't get the quality of the game, but the gameplay, they've really fixed it up. They've cleaned it up a lot. Like you, you draw a card, you get to figure out where you're going to move to. It's, it's very, 
clear cut. You get to do a move action. You then get to do, to grab jewels on your on your way out. If you end up um, having a volcano go, if the volcano goes off in the middle of your turn, you have to drop. You know, you'll have to drop off, um, drop a bunch of the balls down the actual volcano itself. Um, there's embers, so that way, like if you get an ember card, you can push the ember off the side of the edge of the uh, island. And it follows a little trail down, so you can try and aim it at your at your opponent, but you can only push it once in a single direction. Mm. You can't like flip it around and try and make it go, you know, three different ways. Um, so it's really, really good for the for the strategy of it. Um, it's really good because it's really family friendly now. Like I played it with my my eight and six year old, and they both had a great time doing it. Um, they've made it a, easily accessible because of the price point at this point, and I, I really love everything about what they've done with it the 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 way that they've um they, the way that they just in, in capture in capture the the original spirit of fireball island from when we played it when we were kids uh is just spot on um if there's one thing that i have to say though that i don't like about it is of course with the cut in, in cost the production quality uh, dwindles and this mm. new one instead of being kind of a, a a bigger heavier plastic molded board it is a very thin almost like a beyblade um uh stadium thin plastic that gotcha. is still pretty hard and rigid but it's, it comes in three pieces and if it doesn't and some of it just doesn't sit quite right so when you knock the mm, the, the embers off it doesn't roll sometimes sometimes it could just get stuck on some of these trees and and it just there's just some spots it's a physics based game so it's going to get stuck you know it's it, it's bound to happen um or it doesn't have enough momentum that when it w ends up running into somebody's player token it doesn't knock them over and you're, it's supposed to knock them over for it to be part of the uh the move action at that point so mm -hmm. that was kind of a bummer but you know for 30 bucks and to be able to sit around and and knock around the uh the, the little orange fireballs again and try and steal jewels from a from a from a you know a cursed island with my kids and have them really love it to the point that they want to continue to play it it's overall it's a big win i really really enjoy the game now um even more than i did when i was a kid just because now it is easier to digest from the rule standpoint and i can play it with my kids so i love that that's wonderful yeah i i do like how they're bringing back a whole bunch of the older board games there's like like you said almost like a reprint but like more accessible than they were last time. Also, because last time they were out, I was a kid and didn't have money. But that's besides the point. <laughs> okay, well, now we're going to head on to our escape room report. And this is where Lauren will pick us up for this episode. Lauren, what was your uh, favorite slash least favorite song from the 80s? Was it Walk Like an Egyptian? <laughs> we did Red Giant with Quest Room. Um, this is one that we've been looking forward to for quite a while. Yeah, we've never done a Quest Room before. I've heard really good things. This room in particular has been on our list for a very long time. Mm -hmm. um, and that is, like we said, Red Giant, Giant at Quest Room. Um, I will say that this one was a little weird getting to. Oh, I, I was terrified getting to this room. If I had to go to this location at night, I would have been like, nope, we're not yeah. getting out of the car. First of all, it's a little bit hard to find because you can't actually see it from the street, the building it's in. It's in the back of the building. Mm -hmm. um, and then 
once again, even then, you have to like go around and then go down an alleyway to get to it. You still cannot but see it still, from the But even still, you can't see it from the sidewalk. You have to go down the alleyway trusting that you know that this is the correct alleyway to go down. Yeah, yeah. It was it was very hard to parking find. Parking is impossible. It, yeah, they do. It did end up that they had a parking spot there, which was good because we were we were kind of not having much luck around there. Mm-hmm. Um, but even getting down the alleyway was a little treacherous because we did have a big vehicle. The and time. the other problem that I had right out the gate, we're not even talking about the room yet, is getting in the actual location kind of stinks because they have a ring doorbell. Mm-hmm. And I sat there ringing that thing for like five minutes yeah. with a friend and like nobody was answering. I'm like, is this the employee entrance and no one's telling me yeah, what's happening? Yeah, it was, it was a little confusing. And I mean, I think that once again, that kind of goes to show you maybe what that location is like in terms of that they have to stop anyone from coming into the room. Yeah. Um, I, I believe the reason that happened is I think they only had like one guy working for a that time. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe one person was actually doing the, like, was actually being a game master. So Mm -hmm. that's why he couldn't like come in and get us. And the other guy was trying to get a group ready. And like, it was, it was just a lot for this one guy to do. So like, I do, I kind of understand, but yeah, it was a little confusing. Um, because then we were like, are, are we, cause we were trying to figure out where to park and we didn't want to be late. And, you know, so it was kind of a confusing moment. It was, it, it put us into a negative headspace starting the room, I will say. At least yeah. for me, I was like, I'm already kind of like minus five points to grip. Yeah, well, and I think for our friends who didn't know, you know, hadn't heard about Red Giant before, didn't kind of know what this was going to be like, they kind of had a negative impression that this was going to be like a cheapo, not very good room yeah. kind of thing. But in contrast, it actually is a really high quality fun room with a lot of interesting puzzles. Yeah, I mean, I think the main thing right away is the scenic quality is pretty like beyond, you know, what you would normally encounter. Yeah. Like it, it, it's, you know, we're, we're talking something that's straight up from like movie set design. Like, yeah, really it is. Yeah. And I mean, even the game master at the beginning turns the lights off, puts a flashlight in his face and tells us the and story. And dresses up like And Indiana dresses up Jones. real quick. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. <laughs> and then he gives us pith helmets and like um, minor helmets with like the lights on it. Mm-hmm. And what really kind of stunk, but yet was fun at the same time, is we had a group of six and we only had two lights. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like we really had to rely on each other at the beginning to yeah. like come look at this, uh, a way to like kind of stay together. You know? Yeah. And what, what was neat too is like, you know, you kind of go through, like, you start out in, like, almost like a shaft, mm-hmm. uh, like a rock shaft, and then you have to, like, blow it to get into the pyramid, and then you kind of start out in, like, what would be, like, an outer chamber of the pyramid, and then you get into the barrel. Like, it goes through what you would typically I expect. felt like I was actually exploring the pyramid. Yeah, I mean, like, literally. Or, or Egyptian you, tomb. You start off in, like, this very tight cavern. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like what you would expect if you were trying to, you know, crawl into a pyramid to discover it for the first time. And then you have a room full of hieroglyphs, but like just like a hallway and you like you feel like you have to decipher them somehow or press the right stone. You yeah. Know? And then you finally get into the burial chamber mm-hmm. and it's like gold everywhere. And it's big. It's like all of a sudden everything opens up and you're in this much bigger room with high ceilings and stuff. Um, it was really fantastic. Yeah. The other thing I'll give it props for is like all of the puzzles like made sense in terms of what we were doing mm-hmm. and like why we were there. There And it all made sense for what the room was. There was no lock boxes. There was no, you know, there wasn't any of your typical 
um, early generation escape room puzzles. You know, it was very much, and there was tons of like hidden things, like stuff would open up out of areas that you were like, I didn't know that was going to open or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what appeared to be a tile that was stuck to the wall when you would run your hand over it, suddenly you would find out, oh, this is loose and they can take it off. But like just with the naked eye, you couldn't tell. Yeah. Very, very well done Mm -hmm. in terms of decor and disguising the puzzles naturally and organically into the actual room itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Only one thing kind of stood out to me like a sore thumb. Mm -hmm. And that was this one bit, which... It's essentially a TV screen down a hallway. Uh-huh. You know, where, like, you have to, like... St- and I, I noticed it because I had to stare at this thing for, like, five minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's... You have to stare down the shaft into a pit of snakes. And it's clearly just a TV screen of just, like, an, a snake, like, yeah. screensaver. You know? Which, yes, it is part of a puzzle. And, yes, you do have to, like, see what's down there for what's important. But the other problem that I had with it, though is that the rest of the room is so engaging and so interactive. Yet this, there's nothing to this but just staring at it. And it, and it's not obvious. Like, we kept thinking, no, it has to be somehow a touch screen or there has to be something else I to thought, like, if I take a torch and hold it um, near the snakes, they'll clear away yeah, for a moment. Yeah, exactly. It, None it was of that. kind of weird. Um, I think my biggest problem with this room was that um, it was just... <laughs> For all of its scenic quality, and it, it had a lot of puzzles in it, don't get me wrong, although it could greatly um, use uh, some magnets to hold things up. Yes. <laughs> because that was a problem we were having where we would try to put these things in place and they wouldn't stay up. Um, and so then we would all have to like really get in tight quarters to mm-hmm. like hold things up. Um, is that it was... It was just too easy, and that may be just because we did have six people, and we did have our, you know, as we say, our A team of like strong players that all have like their unique talents and, mm-hmm. and way of seeing things. But we like we crushed this room. It like I think was it twenty? We weren't even in there in like maybe twenty minutes. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, like so. But like, yeah, you guys were blown to the puzzle so fast. I I feel like personally, I didn't really contribute. To too many different puzzles. Yeah, I don't feel but like that, I did that's either. fine. I still had a good time. Yeah, and like I said, the scenic quality was so cool. You do really feel like you're in this pyramid. It was just a matter of like we got through it, and then it was like, oh, we're done. Okay. Yeah. You know, like I just felt like I wanted more. Um, I felt like maybe there was going to be another room or something else we were going to have to do, and it was just sort of over then. But what a smashing in though. <laughs> very much so yeah you know um i will say though the the one thing i was disappointed with was the size of the red giant mm-hmm. for something called the red giant it was pretty much like a ruby the size of a golf ball you know and i'm yeah. like come on like you could have made a bigger prop than this yeah you know? but for where they have to place it i understand mm-hmm. but um it, it is funny uh i'll try not to spoil it too much but near the end you're obviously the whole point is you're you're tomb raiding mm-hmm. for this legendarily large ruby called the red giant yeah that's the whole point of being there and along the way you discover all this other stuff that apparently you don't care if it belongs to a museum mm-hmm. or not you're here for for jewels you know and you get to the end you have this final room and you're like where is it where is it where is it and eventually you discover that it's not in plain sight you have to break through to find it yeah and as soon as I realized it, I was the one who realized it. And I was like, just trust me. And you're like, okay. And I just like Hulk smash. And then it's there. And I'm like, and we win. 
Yeah, you kind of scared our friends because we've been in a room before where you had to, you know, break something or um, in the case I'm thinking of, we actually had to punch through a poster. Oh, for our um, wedding one, yeah. Yeah, and so we, we've had to do that before, but our friends have never encountered that. Usually the golden rule is that you don't break anything. Our friends were actually with us one time when another group was absolutely destroying the room when yeah. they were not supposed to. And all four of us put our hands up saying, we're not doing this yeah, to the cameras. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you definitely scared them. I knew exactly. I kind of knew the moment you knew, but you were holding, you know, you yeah. were doing the thing. Um, but so that was kind of funny to see like our friends have that momentary shock and then, oh, I get it, you know? Mm -hmm. So that was kind of funny. I still um, had to explain to one of them on the way out, like, yeah. wait, why did you break that? <laughs> well, oh, how did you know to break that? I'm yeah. like, well, you see, yeah. the ancient hieroglyph said, you know? Yeah. Um, there was a funny moment that I don't know that this would happen to every group, but basically they told us that you're going to encounter um, oh, yeah. doors that will close on their own. Um, don't try to... Don't be a hero. Yeah, don't try to like slip through because they, they, they are closing and they won't stop for you. Mm -hmm. um, and they said, you know, if your group does get separated, it's not a big deal. The other group will have to solve a puzzle and then you'll be back together again. Well, we, I mean, we, we knew this, mm -hmm. but we all piled in to the next room and then the door closed on us. Well, and the door started closing after we had piled in. We didn't realize yeah. that was the door. Yeah. And so it ended up that we were all in this very tight quarters together. Six people. Um, Maybe trying, for two. Trying to do this puzzle. And so I, I don't think that was supposed to happen, but it, it was quite, um, it was quite comical. My favorite <laughs> part of that though was... Um, because it, it gives you a time limit. Yeah. And I was the guy in the back. Like, I was the comic relief guy going, guys? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know. um, the one thing I will say about this room, too, is I think it's not really scary, right? It's maybe a little dark sometimes. And I could see where the, the room that we're just talking about now, um, where there is a bit of a time limit, um, it could be a little... Nerve-wracking. Nerve-wracking for certain younger people. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I would say this is a fairly family-friendly room. Oh, There's yeah. nothing super scary about it. Even when it's dark, it's not impossibly dark to where if you don't have the pith helmet, you can't see. I agree, yeah. Um, I will say wearing the pith helmet's not fun when you have a rather small head because it was way too big for me. I loved it. <laughs> I wore it all the time. Um, not the pith helmet. I mean the, the miner's helmet. I started out where I had the miner's helmet with the light on it, mm -hmm. um, and it was too big for my head, so I had to take it off and just hold it because it just kept falling. You know, that works too. <laughs> but uh, plus lice, you know. Yeah, true. <laughs> If I have to shave my head, it doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. I was down for uh, wearing it. It was just, like I said, it was a little too big yeah. for my head. Um, but yeah, I think overall it was a very fun room. Mm -hmm. um, I will say for the one puzzle where it seems like you have a time limit, I did ask them at the end and they said, you don't game over. Mm -hmm. If you run out of time there, it's just then like you're in especially confined circumstances. Yeah. And I think with the six of us, that would have been exceptionally confined. We were like, very close to there though. I could tell yeah. you this because we had enough room for me to like go to the back and spin around. And by the end, I was getting very close and personal with, uh, with Chris. Yeah. Um, and if, if, if it really w went all the way to the end of the tracks, which I could see, that would have been a very tight situation. And we would have just burst through. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like I don't think it was intended for all of us to have gone in there, but we did because um, we're silly. I would think, I think had we just had four, maybe we wouldn't have breezed through the room so quickly. Yeah. Well, um, because the, the main 
chamber uh-huh. is big enough that six people can easily spread out. Oh and yeah, go like yeah, it, it's big enough for six people. I mean, and probably maybe with a normal group, six would be fine. I just think because once again we had six people who are all you know well versed in escape rooms and you know really good at this. Um, I think that maybe that was overkill for the room and that's why the room felt like we rushed through it so quickly and didn't get to maybe enjoy it as much as we wanted to. Um, And so I would think, I think if you're major enthusiast and you've done a lot of rooms, maybe go two or four for this one. Four max. Yeah, I wouldn't go with a full six. Um, Mm. You know, if you're newer to rooms or maybe you have kids or people who maybe aren't as into escape rooms um then i think six is probably fine but yeah if you're a a real enthusiast and you've done a lot of rooms don't go over four because it's you're just gonna blow through it so quickly that you're not gonna get to enjoy the experience quite as much but definitely try these rooms out i know that some of the rooms do have actors in them this one did not um visit this place in daylight because like i said the location can can be a little scary for a little sketchy and also just hard to find so i can imagine if it was dark out we would have had even more and i tried even at one point calling saying where are you yeah and i got some third party location Mm -hmm. and it's like you're not going to help me at all are you i will say a lot of their other rooms at this location are scary yeah, there was definitely, um, I don't know what the thing was exactly, but it was definitely like kind of like a horror themed game. Yeah, they have a couple like horror ones. Oh, one's called Bloody Elbow. That yeah. should be enough for you right there. They also have um, like a can, well, they do have more than one location, but they also have like a cannibal's den, um, a polar station, which might be scary. I'm not that sure. That looks like it's scary. It looks like it could be. Um, they have a new one that's called a Minotaur, which sounds like it might be scary i'm not quite sure it was very odd because um oh that one's 100 percent scary yeah it was really weird because we could hear the room happening yeah and like all we could hear was like what sounded like loud dance music and we we're like wait what it's called minotaur but you've never seen that episode music. you've never seen that episode of dexter so i guess but um and even like I, there's one called um perfumer and i think it's probably based on the book perfumer which was about a guy who kills women and uses them to create perfumes so um it's very possible that that one's also a little but there's also one called da vinci's challenge yeah and that one doesn't look like it's probably scary it looks like it's probably maybe like historical maybe magic based Mm -hmm. um but yeah just just letting you know that a lot of their rooms are on the scarier side but red giant like i said there's a couple tight spaces and it can get a little dark at times but other than that it's fairly family friendly uh more so than I think any of the other rooms that I'm looking at here. Yeah, definitely. I think Red Giant's most likely, other than Da Vinci, the most family friendly. Yeah. So, uh, but that was the Red Giant with Quest Room. Yes. All right, we are back with Matt and David for our final segment, the Friday Favorites. But before we do that, guys, let's have you guys do one more uh, plug for your upcoming events and for your podcast. Matt, I will have you go first this time. Sure. Uh, You could find me every week on Tuesday nights uh, for the live uh, stream of the podcast of Moral Combat. Uh, or on Fridays on any podcatcher, you can come check us out at twitch.tv slash naturalhattrick, N-T-R-L-H-A-T-T-R-I-C-K. Find us at moralcombatpod.com or at moralcombatpod on any of the social media platforms. Uh, just make sure that you, if you get a chance and you feel like you can uh, give back, uh, come hang out with us on December 17th, 4 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, when we do D&D, 
for our annual charity stream where we will be supporting the charity known as Heart Support. They are a mental health awareness charity, and they could really use some help. Wonderful. And David? Well, you can find me also everywhere where my brother just said, because I'm also a part of that podcast. But my other podcast that I host, uh, co-host, I should say, is Flops, um, where we talk about funny laws and make fun of them. Um, it is it is a not safe for work podcast. Don't listen to it. Listen to it on some earbuds. Don't listen to it on a loudspeaker. We like to say dirty words. Um, and we talk about funny laws and tell stories about them and make up funny origin stories. Uh, you can find us on all major podcatchers, uh, Flops podcast if you want to search it there or uh, you can find us on all social medias flopscast f-l-a-w-p-s-c-a-s-t and our website flopscast.com and if you want to be like greg's done he was so brave to finally email us and and it was really scary it was and i'm so proud of you for for taking that step bud um, but you can also email us flopscast at gmail.com. If you know a, a local law that you think is just silly and you want us to talk about it, we'd love to do it. All right. Thank you very much. Now guys, this last segment we have is called Friday favorites. If you were to have a game night tomorrow with family or friends and you got to be 100% selfish and you could bring or play any game that you want, even if it's just something as old school like charades, right? We even allow that here. What game would you want to play and why? David. Super Smash Brothers. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, um, I love, no, I mean, that's fantastic. That, that, is, that is one of my all-time favorite games, but it, if, it's not what I would actually bring to uh, a game night just because, unless it's with like my high school friends, but I found a game in researching this podcast, we're doing some research for this podcast recording right now, mm-hmm. I've never played this game, but I found it, and I know that you two will like this. And if you are also a listener of Mortal Kombat, you will like the name of this game, because the name is Don't Be a Dick Dick. If you do listen to Mortal Kombat, (laughs) you know that we have a uh, cutest baby animals tournament in where Lauren, Cuddlepocalypse, oh, good times. Uh, I think it was Lauren picked the, no, 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 it was an audience pick of the Dick Dick. It was. And one of our one of our which is a type of deer, thank you. It is it is a type of yes. deer. It is not a phallic thing in any in any means. Thank you. It just has a silly name, and it's freaking adorable. It's one of the cutest really animals is. ever. It looks like it has it four really eyes, but it's not. It's got two. It's a normal you know it's a normal mammal, um, but it's called Don't Be a Dick Dick. It's a card game where everyone all the cards are dealt at the beginning of the game, and I don't suggest playing this with family because. It is, um, it is, it's, it's a naughtier game where you ask, it's kind of like go fish meets Uno, right? Where you ask your, you can ask anyone, Hey, do you have a, 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 a slippery willy or a, that's one of the things I swear to God. Um, actually, is that, is that like the name of a fish? That sounds like the name of a fish. I don't know if it's actually, I don't know if these are real animals besides Dick Dick, but um, there's Dick Dick, there's Horny Toads, that's a real one, Screaming Harry Armadillo, A Bearded Tit, um, Wonderpuss. All real animal names. Sausage, All legitimate sausage real tree. animal names. Uh, a Woodcock. Okay. <laughs> um, and that's spelt the traditional way. Uh, but don't be a Dick Dick. The whole point is to, that once it gets down to two final players, um, you can either pass, after every turn, you have to pass a card to the person on your left. But once it's down mm-hmm. to two players, one of those two players has the dick dick card. 
and whoever ends up with this with only having one card being the dick dick card they have to declare i am the dick dick and then they lose and whoever does not whoever is not the dick dick is the winner and i just want to play it because it sounds like a lot of fun to say dick dick over and over and over again which it has been in the past 45 seconds i love it so much thank you very much for sharing that dick dick okay i'm done Stay tuned to this year's Sanchez Holiday Gathering, where we will for sure bring shame upon our family once more with <laughs> Don't Be a Dick Dick. Don't be a dick dick. <laughs> I need to go find a copy of that and send it to my sister, Becky, who was oh. a previous guest on Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Becky would she would get a laugh right out of that. But again, these are legitimate, like, legal animal names that are in, like, any National Geographic. So nothing wrong here. I Matt, don't know if how they about all you? are, what? but I'll, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. What would be <laughs> your Friday oh, favorite, Matt? Um, oh, okay, yeah. so... Uh, Google safe search on. Oh, no. Wonderful. <laughs> is a real octopus. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Oh, God. Um, so for me, um, I have 100% control over this game night, so I already know that I'm playing with the combat crew. Like, it's going to be mm-hmm. the five of us, and we're going to be oh. playing this game, and I have been waiting about five months because I've seen this game for about five months now, and I have not spoken a word of ex- existence to mm. any of you because I was waiting for this moment. I knew that this moment would come. Finally, my moment would come. This is a game I have also never, ever played, but it is a strategy game, and I'm very interested in playing it. So I want to show you what game I want to play. It's a very good idea okay. for, a, for an audio medium, Matt. Mm-hmm. Yes! Yeah, it's called Goonies Never Say Die. I have 100% control in this game night, and we are playing the Goonies Never Say Die, and Greg's going to love every second of it. Yes! Every second of it. I love it! I'm not... Okay. I, I On our Mortal Kombat podcast, I have wavered back and forth as to how much I dislike the Goonies. I will say I am currently right now at the point where I don't dislike it. I just think it's overrated. Is it because you finally laughed at the one-eyed Willie jokes because they're gosh darn hilarious, Gregory? I think it's because I've learned so many behind-the-scenes facts, like um, the fat boy whose name I can't remember right now. Chunk. When Chunk. he does that, yeah, Chunk. When he does the truffle shuffle, apparently he had like a bad case of chicken pox, and if you have a Blu-ray version, you can see it. Interesting. So I, I love. I love all these little details. I'm somehow like that's slowly seeping into my pop culture knowledge. So I'm kind of appreciating the film more, <laughs> but I, I could totally see, even if it's not my favorite movie, I could see myself playing a movie based upon or a board game based upon a movie. I, I, mean, I do enjoy those and seeing how they translate. It's called the Goonies never say die. The Goonies never say die game. It's our time down here. Embark on a perilous adventure full of dangerous booby traps and treacherous treasure filled caverns. One player is the Goondocks master controlling fearsome foes and the outlaw family of the Fratellis to the legendary pirate one-eyed Willie. Uh, the other players take on the role of the Goonies, Mikey Mouth, Chunk, Data, and Sloth, overcoming cryptic puzzles and deadly challenges with teamwork, strategy, and Data's clever contraptions. Will the Goonies discover legendary riches that will save their homes, or will they follow the fate of Chester Copperpot and never see the light of day? It's a D&D campaign. I'm full in. It sounds like it, actually. It sounds like a D&D campaign. I'm so down. Screw your one-shot, Matt. Let's play this for our charity stream. <laughs> And then what, like, if they pay $25, they can spawn a Fratelli brother? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Or an evil chunk. 
or an evil sloth Ooh. or anything. Ooh. Oh, God. Or they can trigger a booby trap. Oh, that's cool. I will say Matt's showing us the uh, some images. The art looks really good on this. And that's it one thing good. that my eyes are always drawn to is the art of it all. This is a Target exclusive, too. You can only get this at your local Target because it's fancy. I really mm. hope that that Not giant orange figure was was Sloth. Oh, man, me too. I think it is. There's no way There's even an octopus. Wait, there was an octopus in that movie? the red figure in the background. No, I see that, but there was an octopus in that movie? It was a deleted scene. I mean, yeah, not Oh, okay. What's funny is that, once again, kind of keeping with the D&D theme, mine is also somewhat D&D adjacent. Lauren is really into painting miniature figurines. And uh, she's been on this lawn kick recently of painting um, these dog and cats that are mm. Dungeons and Dragons characters because it's for the Dungeons and Doggos Kickstarter. Nice. And the um, cats and catacombs, right? Cats and catacombs too. Yes, thank you. Yeah. I, I never remember that name. But when she first started her hobby back up again, there was one game that she actually painted all the way through all the miniatures. And she did like some custom paint jobs some too, which I love. And that was the um, Stuffed Fables game and i recently had the chance to go and buy the expansion called oh brother in which the main character has a baby brother and so now there's new stuff there's new uh stuffies that you can play as one's a unicorn one's like a he-man action figure and it's a whole new adventure with her little brother and i'm really looking forward to playing that we don't have any of the figurines painted yet but um really hoping that lord will take a break from the cats and catacombs and dungeons and doggos and start painting those because they are cute and adorable and the only reservation i have is that for the original game she painted all the figurines to match what's on the box and in the story and in the game but that unicorn he's got like a blue mane of fur i really want it to be rainbow Yes. So I'm thinking we might have to also, stray from should, what's on the printed version her, to Rainbow. You should have her add on a second corn, so it's a binocorn, and name mm-hmm. that binocorn Geralt. He doesn't get that. He doesn't get that, but what up? Let's I don't, but I, I, I'm sure it's hysterical. It's, yeah, it's, it's from, the, it's from the reason why. So Matt got me into D and D. Matt, me, Matt also got me into this podcast. Actually, the reason why I listen to podcasts is because of the Adventure Zone, which is the Mac oh, brothers okay. and their father playing D and D, uh, and they have a character who is a beloved character named Geralt, who comes up in their first season, and I I, I love Geralt. I got to ride uh, cosplay Geralt at a live show of their of, of theirs, and it was a lot of fun. Some guy dressed up as a unicorn, and I got to ride him. A binocorn, you mean? Binocorn, sorry, yes. A spectral binocorn. Spectral binocorn. Spectral binocorn. And he had spectral oats. He had a bag of spectral oats. It was so cool. Spectral oats. I wonder how many calories are in spectral oats. Spectral zero. Mm. Only half as as many as regular oats, because they only (laughs) exist in this plane half. Thank you. Thank you. I was hoping for something like that. All right, that's going to wrap us up this time for Friday's Game Night. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. I look forward to chatting with you again soon on Mortal Kombat, on Flops, and hopefully maybe even have you guys back here for Friday's Game Night when Lauren's feeling better. Oh, I'm sure she would love to have us back. Especially after she hears this episode. (laughs) 